the Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening, although it will be hard to honestly, it'll be hard to top that theme song you just heard uh, presented to you by uh, one of the funniest people I've never met in, uh, in Albert. That shit is just, that is incredible. But the surprises keep on coming. We have a jam-packed show for you, but I alluded to a little surprise last week. And here we are, we are delivering. Let's lead off the introductions with the return of Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. How are you today, Fo- Steph? Folks, I don't have the Rona. Yay. Hot damn, I don't have the Rona, um, which is great news. I figured since I still have a job, even though most at Vox Media and SB Nation do not, I should probably do it. So here I am, eh. and it is wonderful to see your lovely faces. It is good I've to have you, you back. We've been making do, but you were definitely missed. I've listened every single week to most of the content that you guys are putting out. So, by the way, for all you listeners, if you're not listening to everything that these assholes have filled up my feed with, like, you should be. Because they're phenomenal. And I just can't, I can't keep up. I've listened to the new yelling about sports. I've listened to... Checking out the quarantine friends. I've listened to Charlie and Bill talk about stuff that only Charlie and Bill are interested in. Other stuff. Like, Other stuff. This is, it's just, it's amazing. And obviously, the Flyperbole dudes just keep rolling with content. There's no batch, so how are they going to do Bachelor updates? But they're doing it. And <laughs> it, it, it's, I'm, I'm astounded by the work. That's I did uh, from this team. I did the fuck show last night, the flyperbole under quarantine, <laughs> and it, like we were we were talking like I'm pretty sure we're putting out more content than we would have been otherwise. Yes, but I love it. It's, it's really phenomenal. it's a lot of fun, and people need to listen to stuff like it, what the fuck else are we doing? No, that's a. As someone who rarely listens to podcasts, despite being an, a professional podcast host, I have used this time to listen to more, and it's, uh, why not? Like, what the hell else are you doing, exactly? Literally nothing. I, I started to learn how to crochet last night, because I wanted to make myself a blanket. I don't know if that mask life. is going to work that you made for yourself. <laughs> it's a cat toy. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, because... 
Like I want to make myself a blanket. I'm always under blankets. I've got my my office blanket that I'm actually sitting on right now, so I can't show you guys, but I have one. And then decided that that was way too ambitious a goal. So I'm making Bear a blanket, and Bear doesn't give a shit what it looks like. There you go. But, like, also, all he's going to do is hump it because he can't get fixed until all of this is over. So, like, I'm making my dog a girlfriend. Rag. Sex there doll. we go. There we go. Broad Street Hockey Radio. Steps back, folks. Oh, this is good stuff. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> From theathletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Well, I don't really know how I can follow that up, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I think we're going to talk about there. There were two things today on Twitter that I found interesting, uh, Flyers-related things. The first thing we're we're going to talk about, which is about the the trade article um, that I did uh, yesterday, I guess. I don't know. The days are all blending into one. Uh, but the other thing was somebody uh, on my feed was talking about uh, Bernie Perrant's 1973-1974 season and how great it was and. Like, I guess I knew on some level it was great, but I didn't quite realize how great it was. And then I started looking up more stats. And what's wild to me about that season for, for Bernie is that, so he finished with a 932 save percentage when the league average save percentage was not was 895. So, like, <laughs> way, 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 way better than the league average, like, by an enormous degree. And then you have to also account for the fact that the Flyers, because they were the Broad Street Bullies, gave other teams over 100 more power plays than the second place team that gave up the most power plays. So like he was a good 30 something points better than every other goalie in ho- than the league, well than the league average in hockey that year despite the fact that he was facing off facing like 100 more power plays than anybody else over the course of the year, which is insane. Wow. It's absolutely insane how good he was that season. And like we talk, you know, everybody obviously always talks about you know, the intimidation factor with the bullies. And I'm sure that that played into it. But it certainly helps when you have the best goalie in hockey and well, uh, the best goalie in hockey having one of the best seasons ever in hockey. That helps. Yeah, if we talk all the time, like, about the Flyers have all these pieces and they can do all these things, but when it comes down to it, it, it it's going to come down to Carter Hart. And I'm not comparing Hart to Bernie other than franchise goalie in a city starve for one. But, uh... Yeah, that great eraser. Like, do the does the bully mentality work if it's anyone else? If we if it's a hundred more power plays, like, do they get to the point where he can win back to back con Smythes if it's not him to begin with? Like, it's it's pretty incredible. Bernie's the man. Last but not least, Canada's own Kelly Hinkle. So I'm just gonna take this time to implore all of you to stop participating in Wallpaper Wednesday. It's a scourge yes. on society. It is very stupid. The wallpapers are never cool. If I saw you on the street and noticed that it was your wallpaper on your phone, I would make judgments about you. Just stop doing it. If it, they do BSH annoying. Radio 69, will you judge me? Yes. Ugh. Why are you seeing people on the street? I mean, I go running, so I see people on the trail, so not really people on the street. I guess I forgot that I don't see human beings anymore for a second. that's it though just stop doing it please i beg you yeah please like if i see someone that i know that's tagged in those replies like that's an immediate i'm sliding into your dms what are you doing what are you doing 
when they do yeah. BSH Radio 69, I'm going to celebrate, and none of you will be allowed to participate in this celebration. <laughs> I don't want to. All right, gang. So uh, my, my, uh, my, my hit at the top is also from something I saw on Twitter today, and it came from our pals at the NHL, the National Hockey League. Are, are uh, they, they, put out, they put out one of those simple internet games to pass the time. Uh, I introduced you, right, Charlie? No, I said, are they our pals? Oh, okay. I was. I thought I was like, shit. What is he making a face at me? Because I forgot. Uh, no, it's one of those simple internet games to pass the time. You get a hundred points to create the perfect player, and like Ov shot and McDavid speed or fifty points. You know how it works. Well, in the twenty point category, you have choices like Thomas Chabot's endurance, and at twenty six minutes per game, he leads the league. That makes sense. Austin Matthews snapshot, twenty six snapper goals. Uh, since he entered the league, that's according to NHL.com. That's the ninth most in that time. We all know he's got a great release. It's Austin Matthews. Sean Couturier's face-off skills. Now, you could make up a lot of things for Couturier, but this one's quantifiable. 58.1% over the last two seasons uh, in the face-off circle. Second behind only teammate Claude Giroux. Uh, pretty, pretty good. And then, of course, in that category is Jack Eichel's clutch gene. Jack Eichel, <laughs> Jack Eichel, 2015's second overall pick. Uh, he's on his third coach in five seasons. His teams have never uh, competed in the playoffs. The Sabres are currently sitting in sixth in the division. If we don't come back, that is the best finish his teams have ever had. It's usually seventh or eighth. Uh, he's, yeah, never been to the playoffs since drafting Eichel. The Sabres have picked 8th, 8th, 1st, and 7th. Neither of his World Juniors teams took home a medal or even finished 4th. His Hobie Baker season in 2014-15, his Boston University Terriers lost in the championship. He recorded an assist and took a third period penalty in that game, the biggest of his career. What fucking thing has he ever done that's clutch? I feel like they just felt like they had to get Eichel on this little matrix here, and they were like, uh, clutch? That's a hockey word. We haven't one, used it yet. I, for one, am thrilled that people are starting to realize that Jack Eichel is not that good. No, nah, listen. He's pretty Jack Eichel is a very good, good hockey player bad. with excellent hair. Clutch, right? he is not. Well, let's not go that far, Bill. Oof. But the clutch gene idea is the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's fake. He's never done anything clutch. He's never been in a situation to be clutch. It's almost, I feel like it's disrespectful on a religious level to fans of Mike Richards, who is like the definition of clutch. Like, how dare you say that Jack Eichel is clutch when he's just not oh. at all clutch? <laughs> or like, you know, Danny Briere. I've been thinking a lot about Mike Richards lately. I know you have. <laughs> How about, like, Patrick Kane or Brent Seabrook, who have multiple no. series-ending overtime goals? I don't know. How about, how about Justin Williams? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Game Ducks. 7. Mr. Game 7. There you go. Like, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I am baffled by this. And it's a stupid little internet game. It, it, it serves no purpose. It shouldn't matter to me. But I'm on Twitter today. I'm setting up this outline. I'm looking for things to complain about. And... Lo and behold, 
our good pals at the a NHL, gift. they hooked it up. Uh, one more thing here before we get started, guys. So Ava and I just got into an argument over creamy versus chunky peanut butter. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who said what because you're just going to vote against me, but settle <laughs> it for us. <laughs> creamy or chunky peanut butter? Creamy peanut butter, definitely. I'm a creamy peanut butter girl. I don't like stuff in my stuff and if i wanted to eat chunks of peanuts i would eat chunks of peanuts i like I it. don't want peanuts in my peanut butter okay you're going to be shocked to learn that i have a complicated answer about peanut butter so That's in my for. in my opinion if you're making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on some kind of soft bread as one does chunky peanut butter adds a textural contrast that is very yes! satisfying on the sandwich if I'm eating peanut butter with a spoon on the couch in a depressive episode, as is, as is my way, um, creamy. Yeah, no, I love creamy peanut butter in, you know, my ice cream or yeah. in my chocolate coat or inside of a chocolate coating. That's cool. But just on a PB&J, crunchy. Crunchy's Why don't you want that texture? Not a chance. No way. You guys because are goddamn insane. And ripping holes in the bread. Like, nah. No, thank you. Well, yeah. well, well, they are can't you be not right toasting everything. the bread, first of all? Toasting the bread is is a good move, but I feel that Give the, it a light toast. A light toast, but the peanuts really shine if you've got, like, the soft bread. The crunchiness is nice. If you've got the crunch from the toast, you don't necessarily need the crunchy peanuts, but I would still, if I was making a sandwich, I would go crunchy. Eating on the couch, what? creamy. I go extra crunchy. Oh, that's oh, a bold so one. Then why don't you just buy peanuts and put them on your sandwich? Like an because insane Because I'm person. not going to do that, Charlie. They, <laughs> they have the extra crunchy right there on the shelf with all the other peanut butter. Why would I take two steps? You know, I've never, I, I hate grocery shopping so much. I want to spend as little time there as possible. Well, you're, it's a per I... perfect situation for, for you now, right? No, if because I... it's a goddamn, like, you're against the clock now. But Ava just goes, sometimes she makes me go with her, but, like, I'm such a pain in the dick, she's like, just stay home. <laughs> if I need crunch in my sandwich, I'm putting potato chips in it. Potato chips on a peanut butter and jelly is a god-tier move, by the way. It's fucking yeah. delicious. That's, I mean, that's just I insanity. I put potato chips in, like, every no. sandwich situation. That's if, you've not tried, if you've not tried that, go for it. That is for Except lunch meat. Are you putting peanut butter and jelly on a hoagie? Because then we've got a whole different level of conversation. No, here. I'm saying potato chips. That's for hoagies and lunch meat sandwiches. I do cheese sandwiches. Yeah. Cheese that, sandwiches and potato chips. Yeah, there no, you go. Cheese, potato chip, chips, not peanut butter and jelly. That's crazy. No, peanut butter and jelly yes. and potato chips goes really well together. This a is, plain chip on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is delicious. Do a kettle cooked. Real good. Everyone no. needs to go out and do this and then at Stephanie and tell her how good it is. She loves Yo when people at her. Y'all motherfuckers have lost your minds. <laughs> <laughs> she loves it when people at her. <laughs> Fill up Stephanie's mentions with talk of potato chips. <laughs> well, actually, that's a lot better than the stuff that people usually at me with. So, yeah, let's, let's talk about food. Let's talk about food and how we're gaining weight in quarantine and oh God, what it's... you're eating that is packing on the pounds because I have thoughts. Hey, I, I just feel like if my cholesterol kills me, corona can't. There you go. Listen, I'm on cholesterol pills. I so think my lifestyle it. fights off viruses. Like, you might be on the virus something. You're gets close pickled. to me. 
the virus gets close to me and it's like, ah, oh, no. No. It's the same reason mosquitoes won't bite me. They're like, nah, that's going to kill me. <laughs> Didn't you think you already had the Rona? Yeah. It went away in two days, though. Yeah, probably not the Rona. I yeah. beat that shit. I had 101 fever for over a week. Like, that sucked. Yeah, my fever. Not the Rona. My fever was like two days. I beat that shit. The Rona ain't nothing. This is all is a hoax. Uh, that's oh, the end of the show. Oh God, don't! Oh no! Oh, people are that's gonna people are gonna hear that of, and get on. That it. is the very last BSH Radio featuring Bill Bats. <laughs> that's the end of Bill's career with. This is not a hoax. Please do not go out and join these protests. They're ridiculous. <laughs> They're idiots. All right, uh, let's get back to the hockey. So, like I said oh, yeah. at the top, I did. Do we uh, have to? What? Do we have to? I mean, we could do more peanut butter. Yeah, I mean, I could talk about peanut butter all day. I know, I know that's, I know that's a favorite topic of this group. All right, so I did. Uh, like I said <laughs> anyway. at the top, I did fly purbly under quarantine last night, and our uh, our topic was the most flyerish. Non-flyers, like guys that you can just see in a Flyers jersey who uh, who never actually played here. We had a lot of good answers. People have been hitting us up with theirs on Twitter all day. Uh, there's a lot of them. So just, like, first of like, I said the, the prototype is Wayne Simmons and Rick Tockett. Like, those are the guys, you look at them, the way they played, Those that's, like, what a flyer is. So what is your, like, what would be your, uh, what's your criteria and who do you think meets it? It annoys me that that's the prototype. Like, not that I didn't like those players when they were here, but, like, apart from a few seasons with Wayne Simmons and... I mean, I just, they're, not, they're not, like, remarkable hockey players. They're, like, pretty good hockey players that do tough things, like stand in front of the net and take a beating. Like, okay. Well, I think that that's the point. <laughs> I know, but that's the thing. Like, I not remarkable. I, well, I just... I don't know. I reject the idea that a... That that kind of, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Anyway, I thought about it a lot, and my answer was uh, Brent Burns. <laughs> <laughs> He's a guy. It, who it, are you are you like feed? mildly biased here, Kelly? So the reason, the only reason is because I have decided. He looks like a lumberjack. I've decided since the Flyers are fun again, and they were fun before, and they have been fun generally for most of the time, that a Flyer should be a fun person in the mold of Kevin Hayes, and I feel like Brent Burns is fun. Listen, look at him. I personally love Brent Burns. However, like 50% of this fan base would be like, why don't you just play him at forward then? Like, they would, he would hate not, him. He Very would not true. have, he <laughs> would would not have a high like acceptance rate. That's fair. They would hate Brent Burns. So my, my a, answer... A mobile defenseman? That has skill? That's not a flyer. No. Yeah, he doesn't play defense, so we hate him. My answer here uh, easily is Alex Ovechkin. Oh. We talked about okay. Ovechkin scores on a ton the of show. goals. Scores a ton of goals and kills people. Yeah, it's Ovechkin. Mm. And he's okay. a ton he's of fun. He's Russian. So is Provy. Yeah, but... Yeah, but he grew up here, so it's are not Russian. Listen, we talked about Ovechkin on the show, and here's the thing. If he has the same career arc here, he's traded in six seasons because the fans turn on him. <laughs> yeah, the fans turn I, on everybody. Right. Like, there's, like, maybe three players, three, like, legitimately good players in Philadelphia sports history that we didn't turn on. Exactly! That's, <laughs> what, <laughs> That's what makes this a tough and complicated question. 
We need to look inward. Yeah. A lot of this <laughs> is about us, not them. Like, sure, I wish I could be like, you know who should be a fucking flyer? Connor McDavid. But, like, that just doesn't fit the mold. He's fucking soft. Yeah. So my answer, like, the guy I would love maybe more than anyone is Tom Wilson. Yeah, of course. I just, oh, Bill my God. Yeah, but that's not even a Tom answer. Wilson that's just defender. you wanting Tom Wilson. But he's perfect. He's the, the, he will fuck you up and he scores 25 goals. Like, you just talked about the bullies taking all those penalties. That's who we think we are. Mm. But we haven't and been my for real so answer, long. My real answer, which took some heat, was Sidney Crosby. Because I think he's the perfect combination of Bob Clark and Peter Forsberg. I was super interested to hear your reasoning behind that one. Cross-check somebody in the back, get shoved in front of the referee, and then whine to the ref? That's Bobby Clark! Yeah, but that's not what Flyers fans want to believe Bobby Clark is. Yeah, no, they turned him into something else. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so my answer, and it's just off the top of my head, and I can't, like, I can't shake this idea. Uh Uh-oh. Milan Lucic. Ew. This guy fucking sucks. Everybody hates him. He used to be skilled, kind of, not anymore. He's a big dude, and he licks people on the ice like that's a flyer. Wait, did he lick people? I thought it was just Marshan. Only Marshan oh, licks people. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Listen. No, uh, I, just think, I just think with Ovechkin, like, Flyers fans are so obsessed with goal scorers, and mm. they oh, well, get a goal scorer. Get a fucking goal scorer. It's like, you don't want a goal scorer. You want Alex Ovechkin. You want somebody who's going to score 50 goals every season because 35 goal scorers, you'll say they don't do enough aside from scoring goals. You want someone who, like, every single game is going to score a goal pretty much. And there's only, like, two of those guys out there. And one of them is a guy who hits people five times a game and, you know, gets borderline hits every ten games. How long until Flyers fans turn on him for uh, being lazy in his own zone? He really, like, but he kind of has shed that reputation. Now, granted, I don't know how much of that is just that, well, he won a championship, so now we have to jump on board. But he doesn't have that rep anymore. Yeah, that what what was it? The minus thirty five season or whatever it was. We're trading him after that season. Not a doubt in my mind. Doesn't matter if he scored a hundred that year. Mm. It's about us. Listen, I'm not it saying is. I'm not without blame in this mentality, but I just don't. I would love Ovechkin personally, but those first six seasons where the team just really underachieves in other people's minds, like I don't think he gets out of that still wearing a Flyers jersey, just based on the history of the organization. Yeah, it feels right. I mean, what? but what players in Flyers history, like what players in Flyers history that were really good did they trade because they didn't win a cup? Eric Lindros. That, was, they, that wasn't why they traded him. Jeff they Carter. traded him because of all the Mike other Richards. 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 That would they didn't get traded because they didn't win a cup though. Carter's like the yeah. only one who's a maybe, and Carter's nowhere near as good as Ovechkin is. No, no, not at all. But I'm just those guys on underachieving teams tend to get blamed, even though it's not their fault. But what I'm saying is that in Flyers history, they might have gotten blamed, but they never got traded. <sighs> I think the argument could be made that the Carter and Richards trades are because they didn't win a cup fast enough. If they had won a cup that disagree. year, 
they wouldn't have been traded. But that's not what... They wh- might not have gone full crazy and decided they needed a goalie. Yeah, but that they didn't get... Tra- it wasn't like one of the impetuses behind those trades was, well, we haven't won a cup. There was there, The impetus behind those trades was, we don't think we can win with these guys because of other stuff. That's fair. Yeah, and Ovechkin, the other stuff was, he's lazy in his own zone. <laughs> like, I'm and just telling Russian. you... I listen. A lot of people would love him and know that he's great, and a lot of people would be like, ah, "He's he's one dimensional." Like I'm just telling you, that's how it would go. I just think he scores enough goals. Like John Leclaire was probably one dimensional, but it didn't matter because he scored 50 goals every year. Yeah, and he played with like he wasn't the best player on the team. That like Fair. that was the like it's always the guy who's the best player that gets blamed. Um. To Steph's point with Lucic and guys like that, we said that's a whole different category of um, like that contract that Lucic got or the David Clarkson contract. Those are absolutely Flyers moves that would have been like that fits the Flyers mold, Holmgren era and previous 100%. So what you're saying is I'm a genius. No, it, it's it's a whole subcategory of the question, saying. like guys who should have been Flyers. It's like when David Clarkson was coming up on free agency, I lived in fear that oh, we were going to yeah. sign him. Like I was just – it was a foregone conclusion in my head that David Clarkson was going to be a flyer. Yeah. I mean, look at what happened with Lecavier. Like that exactly. happened. No, yeah. he's a yeah. great example. Like the Adam Oates, like bringing in guys who used to be awesome, Paul Coffey, like all these dudes. All right. So, speaking of the sordid history of this franchise, we, I am once again stealing co- content from a little website called TheAthletic.com. You should check Ooh. it out. Hey I hear yo. Charlie writes for them uh, from time to time. Um, Charlie, you did, uh, you're doing more lists because what the hell else is there to do? And you did the worst trades of the 2010s. And I'm going to be honest with you. I only scrolled down to number one just to make sure your number one was my number one. I still gave you the little green guy at the end. So you got that. This was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) But I just scrolled down to make sure your number one was my number one. Because it is JVR for Shen. And I got to be honest with you. It might be... It might be the worst trade, not just the 2010s. Franchise history, it might be the worst trade. I did a tweet thread on uh, in late January of 2019 just trying to come up with the worst trades I could come up with. Um, I, I can't come up with anything worse than this one because it was just... It just turned out so bad, and really it was a bad idea from the start. The reason we traded him was bad. Like, all of it, just just bad. <laughs> and it was so bad that they had to bring him back to be like, listen, like, we fucked up. We yeah, he's know, never he should be here. He's never signed a contract with another organization. As soon as the first contract that we gave him that we couldn't wait to get out of expired, we had to give him more money than anyone else was willing to. So, just, do you think it's fair... <laughs> to judge a trade like with 2020 hindsight that at the time might have made good sense to the team. Okay. Yeah, like, because that's how so, I judged all the other trades. I mean, my view of that is that I do think 
if you're talking about like what's the worst trade, you have to look at both. You have to look at what the trade looked like at the time, and then also what the trade looks like yeah. in retrospect, because that's the only way you really can. I, there, there are some people that take the thing that well, you can't look at the what happened after the trade. You can only look at what happened during it. But that's not necessarily true because there's more information you need to know. So I do agree with you on that front. That said, the JVR for Shen trade was utterly horrific the minute it happened. Because Shen was terrible, and JVR had great underlying numbers and was a legitimately good scorer. People just decided he sucked because he was soft. Yes, but the potential, Charles. <laughs> what potential? Luke Shen what, was supposed to be really good. What potential did Luke Shen have? Luke Shen was supposed to be really good. And people forget that JVR is huge and soft, and that's unacceptable. <laughs> JV, uh, so Shen was supposed to be good when he was drafted, which was many years before he was a flyer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The problem he was not good in Toronto, and I'll defend all of the Shens, but like, this was a really, really bad trade. The problem no. with with Shen was that, and I, I put this in the article, is that he was drafted because he was drafted fifth overall, top you know top prospect, everything like that, jumped straight to the NHL. But he was drafted that high because NHL GMs hadn't yet realized that like the Darian Hatcher types and the Adam Foot types weren't going to be first pair defensemen in the post-lockout NHL anymore. So they were still residual like, oh yeah, that guy can still be great. And in reality, that guy cannot still be great in the new NHL because it's just too fast. So the problem with the trade was that it was three, four years after that, and Paul Holmgren still had in his head that that guy could still be great. Steph, what's the quote about what the Flyers look for in pe- in, uh, in prospects and defensemen? <laughs> That they could shit into the bed of a dump truck? That's it. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> or a note, like a pickup truck, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> dump I truck is just too tall. About Samuel Moran? <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I love that. Uh, so I well. looked at, like, uh, this tweet thread from a couple of, from last January, I looked at a couple of trades that I could remember. Uh, Patrick Sharp for Matt Ellison. Um, yeah, that's bad. Patrick Sharp turned out to be a real good player. But at the time, he's almost 24 years old. He's a former third-rounder with 15 points in 66 games. Like, all right, he wasn't going to be anything, it looked like. The first for Steve Eminger, that looks really bad because that first became John Carlson, who's like a Norris candidate right now. Um, but you flipped you flipped Eminger into Matt Carl, and that team was a cup contender. You do what you think you have to do when you're a cup contender, and you deal with the fallout later. Justin Williams, yo, they were out of defensemen. Markov played 23 minutes a game in the playoffs for a team that had no defensemen, and they could have won the goddamn cup. A lot of people say Lindros, but goddammit, if you give Eric Lindros, Joe Sackrick, and Patrick Waugh, they win at least two cups. So I'm not, like, yeah. yeah, the way it worked out, it looks like Richard, oh, we traded Richards and Carter, and they won all these cups. What did we do? But like, uh, you know, it was, you'd still make that Lindros trade, even if, even with hindsight, I think you would. Uh, yes. What el- what other ones do you have? Um, just going on Charlie's list, which had a couple that I really remember hating, even at the time. Um, the Scotty Hartnell for Umberger. That's my next yeah. one. That's horrible. Yep. Um, and I know Charlie, you had a bit of a back and forth about this, like. I get There's why a lot of people who still think that wasn't a bad trade. I get why they did it, um, but it wasn't a good trade. By yeah, it just yeah. wasn't a hockey trade. That's the yeah. thing. It was a bad. It was a bad trade. They probably could have gotten something better. I would think for Scotty Hartnell than 
RJ Umberger again. And it was just like, had anybody watched RJ Umberger recently? Like that was, that's the piece of it. Like, yikes, that guy fell off a cliff real fast. He wasn't remarkable the first time he was here. Yeah. I don't know why they had to go back for seconds on R.J. Umberger, of all people. They thought he was a better skater than Scott Hartnell, which, you know, maybe maybe if his body wasn't completely falling apart, that could be true. I mean, it was money stuff mostly, right? It was mostly just about uh, taking a year off. They knew they were going to have to buy out either one, basically, was in their head, and um, um, Umberger's contract had uh, one less year on it. That's what it came down to. It sucked. Wasn't a hockey trade, though, and in the end didn't really mean all that much. Um, the Bob trade, I, but we all know the circumstances. Yeah, I, I think if, if you're going to make a case for a trade being worse than the JVR Shen trade, like you have to kind of be a little creative, but I do think you can make a case if you just want to take all of the, like, all of the moves that comprise the decision to get Ilya Brzezgalov. Like yeah. that that's yeah. probably in aggregate worse than the JVR for Shen trade because you trade for Briz's rights. And by doing that, you set yourself up where you have to sign him and you have to then ditch Bob, who would have been the goalie of the decade for the Flyers. But like it's hard to say that's the worst trade because it wasn't just the trade. Like the JVR for Shen trade is just the trade, whereas the the Briz situation is trading for Briz's rights, signing Briz, and then having to trade Bob. So it's really two trades and a free agent signing, whereas the JVR for Shen trade is a straight up disaster. And also they had to gut the team what to make the what? money work for signing a big name goalie. Right. Like those moves ahead of any of the moves that they actually made to get Brizgalov were like they were all put in motion with the idea that they were gonna get a big name goalie. And it was a terrible idea top to bottom. Yeah, it didn't yeah, that's it's like that one is so many surrounding moves. Like it's mm-hmm. a big web. Like it's it's so many bad things. The just one for one JVR and Shen man is just god damn it. I will say the, I for, I forgot about John Kalinsky. <laughs> yeah, he was he totally. It was forgot. funny some of the some of the throw-ins that I was picking up. Like yeah, uh, yeah, John Kalinsky. Like Matt Mangine is in the McDonald trade. Yeah, who uh, the fuck? Matt Matt Claxon is traded in the Brzgalov rights deal. Like there are some wild like oh that guy <laughs> people that get thrown in some of these deals. Who the went dark days of prospects? Somebody else went with Richards to L.A. Was it uh, Bordson? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Rob Bordson, I want to say. I can't remember. Yeah, it's, it's all like trying to make it so because there's the 50 contract limit. So a lot of these guys got moved for that reason. But it's still funny because you totally forget these guys exist. And it's like, oh, yeah, they were in that deal, even though they didn't matter. They were still in the deal. The Flyers once traded a first round pick for Pat Falloon. And that first round pick became Danny Briere. Ooh. Ooh. Fat balloon. Fat balloon. Fat balloon, right? Yeah, fat balloon. (laughs) When we played street hockey, like all my friends, I've told you, like all my friends are three, four years older than me, a lot of them. When we played street hockey, you'd be like, I'm Leclerc, I'm Hextall. And they'd be like, Bill, you're Falloon. And like, I didn't even know they were making fun of me at the time. (laughs) Oh. But they absolutely, like, looking back, I'm like, you sons of bitches. Pat Falloon? Like, oh, even my friend's little brother got to be Eric Desjardins just because no one else wanted to play defense. Was, oh, like, my God. They, they couldn't even give you, like, a good role player, like a Joel yeah. Otto. We didn't even have a Brenda Moore. There was no Brenda Moore. <laughs> <laughs> 
amazing. Awesome. Yeah, so that's Just that awesome. was um the first for Christopher Stieg, which I excuse because they then flipped him for the third that became Ghost, even though now not so sunny. Well, that one's just like that's one of those that you're I, a cup contender t- and you do dumb shit. Yeah, I, I put that as tenth on my list in part because of the point Kelly made, where you know you can't just solely look at a trade via hindsight, and I think that's true. Yeah. You know, at the time, like Christopher Stieg was a 24 year old. Um, guy with one year left on his contract, so he wasn't even just a rental, who had two 20-goal seasons and had a reasonable cap hit, and the Flyers looked like the best team in the East when they made that trade. So, like, it was an overpay at the time, but it was one of those, like, okay, I get why they overpaid. They're going for it. And then it just turned out that Verstig sucked because he was playing through a sports hernia. And then the Flyers fell apart in the second round, and Laviolette went crazy with his goalies. But, like, in hindsight, we know that. At the time, I understand why you make that deal, but it still worked out terribly. Yeah. I hated Christopher Stieg when he was here. A lot of people hated Christopher Stieg. I got a couple people saying that, like, Christopher Stieg was their, like, least favorite flyer, and he was only there for, like, a month and a half. I don't remember what it was precisely that made me hate him for, like, his entire tenure, but I fucking hated him. It's really just, like, in my mind, Christopher Stieg's tenure here is when the whole thing fell apart. Yeah, that's true. And then he went and won fucking Chicago, didn't he? Yeah. Well, he'd won in Chicago before He won first in that. Chicago. Yeah. He went, well, well, then the Flyers, what made the trade look even more painful, and I don't know how this would have worked cap-wise if the Flyers even could have kept him, but it doesn't work out in Philly, that, that stretch run. So they trade him in the summer, and they get back a second and a third. And they trade him to Florida— and then he's really good in Florida. So it's like they got him for the two-month period when he sucked, and then he goes to Florida and scores 50 points. And it's like, an well, damn it, where was that in Philly? Uh, this one was just weird. Upshaw for Carcillo. I remember when it happened, I was like, uh, why? Good trade. That was just a cap dump, right? Some people Great really, trade. really, really, really hate that deal because um, some, like there was a contingent that loved Scotty Upshaw. Oh, yeah. Absolutely adored Weirdos. him. And, like, I never got it. Not that I, like, I thought Upshaw was fine. But there was a loud contingent of Flyers fans that thought Scotty Upshaw was, like, a star. We I love mean, our role And players. was he? No. Would he have scored a game-winning overtime goal in the playoffs? Doubtful. I just remember, I my like, I remember going into, like, the mid-2, probably, like, the mid-2010s. Um, like up until maybe like 2013, 2014-ish, because that's when we just started being angry at life. But until that period, there were still people who were constantly bringing up on social media and complaining about the Scotty Upshaw deal. Like it was, it was one of those things that like was a major talking point on Flyers Twitter about like how could they have given up Scotty Upshaw? How could they have put themselves in a cap situation where they had to trade Scotty Upshaw? Like people freaking loved that guy. He was like Eric Gustafson on steroids. <laughs> Okay, but have you seen how handsome he is? <laughs> is he? Extremely handsome. I mean, he might not be Kelly's type. Well, he's clearly Steph's type. Yeah. Uh, what was not it? a great hockey player, but he is extremely handsome. <laughs> I mean, he was fine. He was really fast, and he could score a bit. But he was like a good role player, and Carcillo ended up not being a bad role player either. As much as like it was frustrating at times to watch him take dumb penalties, like he did some good things, I guess. He's continuing to do good things. Yeah. Uh, Michael Hanzoos for Kyle Calder. I just, 
Calder might be my least favorite flyer ever. I just hate him. He sucked so bad. He, like I, 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 I dubbed the term Kyle Calder syndrome because he had like one good year in his career and it was with a terrible Chicago team. And the only reason he scored any goals is because teams don't get shut out every night. Like that's the only <laughs> reason he ever scored any goals. Uh, I, don't I just hate any- it. I don't remember anything about Kyle Calder's time in Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly, because he never Zero did a times. goddamn thing. Meanwhile, Michael Hanzus went on to win a cup with the Blackhawks in 2013. He was a contributor for a little while. Hanzus was just a guy people loved. I liked Hanzus a lot. Yeah. Bad trade there. That That's up. That's that's one of them that's sneakily up on the list just because people loved Hanzus and Calder was so bad. Yeah, but wasn't Hanzus like mostly done as a legitimate like impact contributor by then yeah he was just like winning face-offs that was yeah yeah but he was you know well liked yeah i mean the the zeus chants were great yeah exactly it was like the, it was like anyone, the coots chant before the coots chant anyone we can do the 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 rue or the deuce or whatever we effing love <laughs> i'm not even all the way down with rue but like it's there so okay all yeah, right, like uh, fine, I see. I guess. What's Steph? Like, it's fine, I guess. Yeah, it's, eh. <laughs> like, who calls him Rue? Like, really? I always thought they were saying Grew. That's even dumber. I know. Either I way. Always, I always wondered if, like, you obviously have, like, the Rue thing, but because, like, during this decade, there were a lot of people who irrationally hated Drew. I always wondered if like part of the reason why it happened so much is because there was a contingent of people that used that as an excuse to boo him. Just to cover up the boos. Other exactly. people right. was like, no, they're saying his name. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. What, we, uh, what What's up, Kelly? I was making a dumb joke. Please continue. I love dumb jokes. All right. So I see on the outline here, we need to take a break. I didn't realize how long we've been talking for. So we're going to plug some stuff. We're going to try to sell you some things that you absolutely need to buy or participate in or something. And uh, on the other side, we're going to, I don't know, talk about more of our old bad takes. Maybe some of them were good. I haven't even looked through this. Kelly looked through episode 226. We're going to talk about that on the other side. All right, fam, we are back, and yeah, wow, 40 minutes have gone by. We've tackled, like, maybe half the outline, so good for us. Filling time during quarantine. Hooray, everybody. Uh, So episode 226 was another preseason episode, and it was where we made a lot of our predictions. We did our end-of-year awards predictions. We did all that stuff, uh, who's going to win the cup, etc. So let's just get into it, and... First off, we're talking about Brian Elliott and how he hadn't uh, had the best preseason up to this point. What were we saying, Kelly? So Charlie was very adamant about the fact that his preseason performance was meaningless. Um, And for the most part, there was just kind of a lot of hemming and hawing about we weren't sure if it was right to bring him back. We weren't sure what he was going to look like as a goaltender. Steph made the point that given everything that we already knew about him, him being terrible in the preseason is something that's worth being concerned about. Um, thankfully, everyone but Charlie was wrong about that. Brian Elliott's he was, been quite good. He was fine this year. I don't yeah. think he was amazing. And like I think by, the, by advanced metrics, he actually grades out as pretty poor, but in watching him for 30 games this year, like I thought he was acceptable in the role that he played. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's had a few just terrible games 
and for the rest of the time has been fine enough as a backup. Yeah, I forgot how bad he was in the preseason, though, and it was pretty bad. Like, real bad. I think it's still, I think it's still fair to have been concerned about him looking terrible. Oh, no, yeah, I mean, for sure. it's... Listen, if, like, Carter Hart goes down for an extended period of time, knock on this table, I'm not comfortable him starting a bunch of games in a row. I'm not comfortable Mm-mm. him starting two games in a row, even with days in between. Yeah, but he, Carter Hart did go down for an extended period of time, and Elliott did fine. Yeah, I'm not comfortable with it, though. <laughs> okay. Like, I think that's <laughs> just saying. It actually happened, and it didn't work out terribly. Yeah, I just think that was luck. <laughs> Maybe, but it still happened. So, so terrified like, the whole time. So I still don't know whether it was a good idea to bring him back, but it happened, and it didn't blow up in our faces, so that's good. I don't remember yeah, I think, what the other options were, but I don't think any of them would have been much better. It was like that or pay a guy like Robin Lehner if you wanted an actual upgrade. Like, that's what it well, looked like. Well, they, and they also could have maybe offered more to Talbot, although I think he preferred having a shot at a starting job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems it- like Talbot didn't get used once he came here, and when that happened, he was like, uh, I thought I was going to have, like, a legit chance at this thing, so I'm outie. Well, I don't think that was Remember that trade? Remember that trade when they traded Anthony Stolarz for Cam Talbot and everyone was saying, oh, no, it's just because he'll be here next year. Yeah. We were wrong about that. See, I I didn't need Anthony Stolarz anymore. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, Stolarz. No, we didn't need Anthony Stolarz. I'm just doing revisionist history because I believe I said at the time, and, and anybody who's listening, please correct me if it's wrong, but I believe I said at the time that there was absolutely no evidence to support that. Cam Talbot was going to be here next year. I mean, I think they I think they traded him thinking that he might be. And they got to look at him. They got to know him as a person. And they got to see him in practice and, and whatnot. And in a couple of games. I, I don't think that it was a case of Talbot not signing with Philly because they didn't play him. Because I think Talbot was very willing to, to sign with Philly. And I actually believe that if the Flyers... Like, basically what, what Fletcher did last offseason was... He kind of, like, the season ended in the second week of April, I guess, because they didn't make the playoffs. And he kind of just waited. Like, he had Elliot and both Elliot and Talbot, whose contracts were expiring. He knew he needed somebody to be the second guy with Hart. And rather than just pick a guy a couple weeks after the year and start negotiating with them and then work out a deal, he just kind of waited. And they waited up until closer to the start of free agency. And by then... Talbot was getting teams talking to his agent and being like, yeah, we'll give you a legitimate shot at the starting job. Whereas the Flyers were very clear that like, hey, you'll play, but you're going to be like the second guy mentor dude to Carter Hart. And by then, I think Talbot just sort of said, well, you know, I'd rather be a I'd rather have the chance to retake the number one job somewhere than be the backup. But I think if the Flyers like put the full court press on Cam Talbot in late April, I think they they probably get him back. It was just they were focused on things like hiring a coach and figuring out what the hell they were going to do about their defense and stuff like that. And I think they just looked at it as, we'll just kind of pit these two guys, as in Talbot and Elliott, against each other and go with the guy who is cheaper. And it ended up being Elliott. So if I ask you three to look into your crystal balls and whenever this thing, uh, did Charlie just look down as if like he had an actual crystal ball? What if he uh, does? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that explains everything. Uh, if, if you were, like whenever we get this thing started up again for next season, is Brian Elliott the backup again in 2020-21? I don't think so. 
That is very I, awkward to say, 2020-21. Yeah. I don't know. I think yes. Oh. And here's my reason why. I just don't know if they're going to have the cap space to go out and get somebody better because I don't think the cap is going to go up mm. because of coronavirus. And if your choices are either the guy who you know and has been in your organization you know, for the last few years and you know has a decent relationship with Carter Hart or go out and get some other guy who's probably equivalent to Brian Elliott but you don't have that certainty, I think they're going to ultimately go with with Elliot, like I, I think if if the cap was going to go up to eighty four mil, um, you know, as in like they play out the rest of the season and this all this doesn't happen and revenues are exactly as they project, I think there's a decent chance they go out and they get a better backup. You know, they go out maybe they target Halak or maybe they target like Anton Kudobin or something like that. But if the cap's stagnant, like I just don't know if they're going to have the room to go out and pay 3.5 mil for a 1B goalie. I think they're going to need to, you know, kind of cut costs to make sure they can keep everybody. And the easiest way to do that is just to bring Elliot back. So there's been a lot of shuffling, and we've spent a lot of time this season talking about the bottom six and the fourth line and all the role players because, I mean, it was up until the very end there, they were bringing guys up and down and moving things around because of injuries and performance and what have you. But at this time, we're, t- we're taking a special look at the germ and Nicholas Aube Cubell. We were pissed that NAK got sent down. And honestly, of everyone they've brought up and down, he's kind of been the most consistent performer. Yeah, this oh, yeah. was like, this show is right after um, Vino kind of was like, fuck this, I'm cutting these guys that aren't making the team. Like when that whole thing happened. Um, so it was a whole bunch of guys that got sent down all at once. And I think all of us were kind of like, eh, I wish they'd given Germ more of a shot. But there was like a very firm no. Knack is an NHL player. He should definitely not have been sent down, particularly from Charles. But all of us were on board with that and because um, we're so smart and good. And then also Faraby, we're also all in on him making the team out of camp as well. I think the frustrating thing about – Albe Cubell getting sent down at the time. It wasn't even just the fact that he got sent down, which was frustrating because I, I mean, I, I'll to my my own horn that I was right on this. At the same uh-huh. time, like a lot of that is driven by the fact that I trust Maddie and Brad a lot, and they were very on board with the fact that that NAK is ready, and because uh, they watch every single AHL game. And I just trusted them. And the numbers said the same thing, that he was driving play to a ridiculous degree. And every time I watched him, he looked really good. So I was totally on board with that. But that wasn't just me coming to that opinion independently. I'll give the shout out to Maddie and Brad there. At the same time, the big reason why I think I was really annoyed with him, at least not lasting to the end of camp, was the fact that he had to pass through waivers. Like, they were risking losing him, at least with the germ, or German Rubsoff. Oh, they... my God, Charlie, you fucking traitor. Yes! yes! Oh, my God. Charles, welcome what to the dark side. Here? Well, I was good. What <laughs> the fuck? Uh, but at least with, with Rubsoff, like, they could send him down and call him back up whenever they wanted. They risked the possibility of losing all by Cubell, which, to me, just spoke to the organization not value him as highly as they did, as they should have. Yeah, it seemed as if he really fell out of favor after being a guy that they were pretty high on at one point, and obviously change of regime and all that. Uh, Just looking at what the lines were for some preseason games here, 
a Terensky Bunneman Stewart fourth line. My God, I'm sure we complained about it at the time, but that seems so Hackstolian. Poor Steph spent a whole lot of time on this show yelling at us because we were all terrified of the idea of Chris Stewart being on the team. And she was like, he doesn't have a contract. And she yelled at us a lot. And she had a point. At he got time. one, though. Thank you. But he did but get he a did, contract. He did get a contract. But, um, yeah, we were all kind of uh, terrified of the idea of Chris Stewart. But at least he never played. Well, he played that. a little. A little bit. He played, minus, enough, he played enough for us to know that he was as bad as we were afraid he was going to be. Minus yeah. three in six minutes against Pittsburgh, I think. God bless. <laughs> what a night. What a night. It was like to see Farabee and guys like that sent down and Terensky like ultimately make the team. That, mm-hmm. was, an, that, that was an odd turn of events. It was. Uh, Even though Farabee was like weird. right up in what, a week? Was it that it was fast? Quick. It was pretty it was quick, quick, I guess, yeah. It was like three, four remember. games? Yeah, it was like five or six, something like that. So mm. we had some real concern about uh, our pal Phil Myers. Uh, he just didn't look good, and I think Charlie made the point, like, this is two bad camps where if he just came in and looked good, he'd be here. You know, Fletcher kind of told us in the beginning of the offseason, he's my third-pair right defenseman. That's why Radko Gudis isn't here anymore. And he didn't make the team out of camp. In fairness. And there were I, other extenuating yeah, circumstances. I mean, I do, think, I do think he makes the team out of camp if Nolan Patrick isn't in limbo and screws up the cap situation. Like, I, I, I do believe that that was the driving force behind sending him down. At the same time, if he would have been really good in camp, they would have found the way to keep him. And he wasn't really good in camp. And it was fair to look at it and say, this is concerning. That's two straight camps that he's kind of, not fallen flat on his face, but just failed to seriously impress. And I don't know, maybe he's the kind of guy who just takes some time to get rolling because he, you know... He wasn't that great in camp. He kind of had runs during his rookie season where he wasn't that great, and then by the end, he was really, he was really kicking ass. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I haven't totally decided what would they have in Phil Myers aside from believing that he's a legitimately solid NHL defenseman. But I, I still don't know where he's eventually going to end up. Yeah, I mean, look at the season that he was having before everything went on pause. Like it wasn't a great season. Him and Sanheim like, were really coming together. They they were. But it took a very long time for them to get there. It took a very long time. And it took a really long time for Phil to even stay on his feet and not fuck up. Like, it it was not a great start to this season for Phil Myers. So I forgot all about this thing with Nolan Patrick, that he had been uh, golfing and skating, and people on Twitter were not happy about it. Yeah, I... I somehow forgot all of this too but apparently the people were like super fucking pissed about Nolan Patrick because at the time they hadn't said anything I think but upper body injury so there was a lot of speculation about like maybe it was his shoulder um something like that and then when people saw him golfing like there was just a lot of like of people losing their shit because they're like why can he golf if he can't play hockey which is of course (laughs) Silly. That was Dave Isaac, I believe. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure that was Dave Isaac. Like, I'm, I'm almost 
I am 99% confident that Dave Isaac was like, what's going on here? He's not at camp, but he's golfing. Yeah, but we also asked a lot of questions that I think that you can still ask about him now. Like, what is he going to be? Like, is he head and shoulders better than some of the other centers that are in the organization? Like, will he end up being head and shoulders better then Morgan Frost ends up being in a few years. Like I don't know, and I don't think it's I don't think it's unfair to still ask those kinds of questions about him, um, because we really don't know what he's going to end up being, especially with the medical stuff. Up in I there. think he's going to end up being an incredible second pair defenseman. <laughs> Is he a right-handed shot? It's important. I don't even know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, like, I was I, just thinking, remember I had the, I don't remember what show it was from, but I had to take that, like, uh, guys who are borderline, like, good, especially right-handed players, uh, like, borderline good centers, like, two-way players, they should want to try to play defense, because there's so many more openings for them, like, teams are just so coveting a puck-moving right-handed defenseman, <laughs> if you have a little bit of that ability, but I do remember, like, my prototype at the time was Mike Fecchioni. <laughs> oh, my oh my god! god. <laughs> I thought he should be converted to defense. Wow. I remember that. I remember you being obsessed with Mike Vecchioni. <laughs> I, yeah. I really Listen. love I love that I have another person in this group that gets obsessed with the most random and bad hockey players for absolutely no reason. I just Especially wanted him. I, it's something to win. Like, since they weren't winning playoff series or cups or divisions, yeah. oh, we won the bidding war for this college free agent whose name I learned two weeks ago. Like, <laughs> all right, that's fucking something. Jesus. Mike Vecchioni. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ooh, where is he now? Is he even playing hockey anymore? He was with Edmonton. He made he played in little in the NHL, I think, like, for them. If he's playing, he's their... not doing great because nobody knows. No, yeah, he's <laughs> not. Uh, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Letting him go he isn't one of. the San Antonio Rampage, which is the AHL team of the Blues. Oh, the oh. Blues. Okay. Is he on a, an NHL contract still, or is he now AHL only? Under contract with the Blues. Okay. Hmm. Good for him. Like, if he was a defenseman, he'd be up. I'm telling you. I mean, this is what Wikipedia says, so, I mean, grain of salt here. What did he do in the actual NHL? I gotta know. Oh, we well, got no. that those couple games right oh. after the Flyers signed him. Oh, wow, yeah, like that's two it. Games. He never two played games, in the NHL points. other than those two games. Mm. I really Let thought he played. I really thought he played with Edmonton. I guess not. Are you thinking I'm looking, of? I'm actually. I'm looking at his career stats, and it doesn't even look like he was playing this year. I need to go to Elite Prospects because this just is. Not yeah, everything else are is you, bad. Bill, are you Bill, thinking are you th- of Caligula? Are you thinking about Cooper Cooper Marodi? Oh, I might be. I think. I think you have me. I think you have that right. Well, one one thing we could say about Mike Vecchioni, and I can tell you this because I did an article on all the numbers. He is the only Flyers player to wear 74 in an actual game. Well, there so you go. That going for. <laughs> Mike Vecchioni in the history books, folks. Best number 74 in Flyers history. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I was absolutely thinking of Cooper Marodi. You are, you are 100% correct there. Uh, so we were convinced Morgan Frost would have made the team out of camp had it not been for a, uh, an injury that held him out of some, uh, of some preseason games. 
he got some NHL time. He impressed initially and kind of just fell by the wayside for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, it's so tough now because like it just seems like so much progress is going to be lost, so much opportunity to improve uh, and, and just uh, mature is lost on the ice with with what's going on now. Like, do you think Morgan Frost is a Philadelphia Flyer on opening night of next season? I think a lot of that depends on the Nolan Patrick situation. Because yeah. if Nolan Patrick is ready to be the 3C, um, then that kind of pushes Morgan Frost out for the moment. Um, but if Nolan Patrick is still not able to play, I think it's reasonable to think that he can make the team out of camp. I, I think that there's a lot of factors... There's a lot of factors. Like, my gut wants to say yes, but, I mean, extremely optimistically and with absolutely no basis in reality, like, we might be looking at maybe a potential for Oscar Lindblom to return. Like, absolutely no basis in reality. I just want him to be alive. Like, playing hockey is is secondary, but... Like, if, if Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom come back next season, like, I am fine with Morgan Frost not making the team out of camp. Oh, yeah, for sure. Those two so are I'm obviously gonna, better. So I'm going to say, yes, he makes the team, just because I trust the skill set. I, I think he, he plays well enough in camp next year to make the team. And if I think he's if he's as good as I think he is, it's hard for me to imagine him not playing well enough to earn his way on the Flyers roster. So that's why I'm saying yes. You think they'll has nothing to do with like lineups or anything like that. It's just I think he's a good enough player to be an NHLer next year, and I think he's going to prove it. Do you think he would do well at wing? I wonder. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd be I think he'd be fine at wing. I I do get the impression though that the Flyers, this organization, like the Fletcher run front office, likes him better at center. Yeah. But I think they believe he could be a good wing. Do you think Nolan Patrick could play wing? Yeah. That would be interesting, eh? Yeah. I mean, Fletcher said in his uh, his post-trade deadline press conference when people were asking him about Patrick and, you know, what his projected timetable return was, and he let it drop that, yeah, they think he could potentially play wing. You know, maybe not full-time. Maybe it's just a, you know, give the coaches the option to move him to wing, but I definitely don't get the sense that the Fletcher front office is as wedded to the idea of Nolan Patrick is only a center as Ron Hextall and his group was. Charlie, next time you get in touch with those people, just kind of drop the idea of Patrick as a defenseman and see what they say. (laughs) (laughs) Tell Elaine I said hi, and then ask if Nolan Patrick can play right-handed D. But only right-handed. If he's a lefty, fuck it. He can't. He is a right-handed. He oh, is right-handed. I'm almost positive. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because that, that's part of his appeal, the idea that, like, those big right-handed centers that can skate are worth their weight in gold. Everybody with the right-handedness. Because there just aren't that many righties. Force your children to skate right-handed, folks. You, you mean shoot. That's what I meant. How does one skate right-handed? I don't know, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> you hold the stick in the hand, and then you skate. Yeah, that's true. They do you skate. You hold the stick in the hand, folks. That's how you play hockey. You hold the stick in the hand. I'm trying to think what. Listen, yeah, okay. So it would be skating on with time. one hand on your stick with your left hand on the stick. That would be shooting right-handed. All right. Um, the stick in the hand. Yeah. So let's just skip ahead to our predictions now because this show, as, uh, as predict. Oh, we're already over an hour. So good Who stuff. Who cares? Man. Who's going to yell welcome. at us, Taylor? 
No, that's I. I just I don't give a shit. I, I was prepared to do two hours with the Fly Perbole Boys last night. They disappointed me. We only did like an hour and a half. Rude. Uh, no, the fuck show is shorter. So let's go with the. Uh, let's start with the Hart Trophy predictions. And Kelly astutely picked Connor McDavid. Not a bad pick. Charlie picked should have been a flyer. Sidney Crosby. Steph had Mitchell Marner, and I picked Nathan McKinnon. Um, I gotta say, I think I win this one, guys. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you did win this for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I just mean, love maybe, Colorado. Maybe McDavid, maybe. Yeah, McDavid. Nah. I mean, he's Drysital. Drysital is gonna get the votes from Edmonton, not not McDavid. Ah. Yeah, with with Drysital uh, continuing to produce after McDavid went down, kind of hurt his candidacy quite a bit. Uh, Crosby. Just, I don't think the numbers, even though he might have had a case. The, he got uh, hurt. And he actually didn't play that great this year. But he, the big thing was the injury that yeah. killed any chance he had. The Calder Trophy one gets, gets funnier. Um, so Kelly picked Hart or Phil Myers. I picked Hart, and then all of you were like, you idiot. He's not eligible. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, right. He played, he played 30 <laughs> games last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I just called an audible with Phil Myers, which is just hilariously stupid. Charlie... Cheated and took both Hughes brothers. <laughs> you I mean, know, Quinn, not a bad guess. Quinn Hughes might win it. Yeah, it's probably going to be no, McCarr, but Quinn Hughes is in the running. Yeah, yeah he's definitely he's wasn't definitely the one you in the running without a doubt. But you cheated by taking two. Steph took Jack Hughes, and I oh. I appreciate making the choice. Big idiot. And Big time dumb. At the time, I time made dumb. the decision. To choose the all-time leader in goals per game in NHL history, Ryan Paling. <laughs> he scored a hat trick in the last game of the previous season, and uh, well, his 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 actual rookie season with Montreal uh, wasn't quite as successful. In 27 games, he had one goal and one assist. So <laughs> this is this is becoming one of my favorite parts of BSH Radio. Is every year. Bill picks a guy for the Calder who just like happened to do really good in a small sample, but isn't that great of a prospect. <laughs> and then he either spends most of the year in the AHL, gets traded, or both. Because the previous year he picked Ryan Donato. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, you know, listen, I'm playing this game to win. That's the thing. Like, two people here had the Hughes brothers. Listen, that cancels each other out. If Jack Hughes wins it, Steph and Charlie, you're tied. That means nothing. If Ryan Paling wins it, that's a big W on my side. That's all I'm saying here. Go big I or mean, go Charlie home. I mean, Charlie would have not gotten a point because Charlie picked two. So I'm just saying. Like a half a point. <laughs> half a point, maybe. <laughs> uh, Vezina, Kelly had Gibson, uh, Steph, Carter, Hart, Charlie, uh, Flurry, or Anderson. I had Grubauer. Char- Charlie picking two people. <laughs> Charlie likes to hedge. He's pragmatic. I think I, pro- I, think I probably picked Flurry, yeah. but maybe it was like second choice Anderson. I mean, both of them ended up not working out because neither of them had that great of a year. But we we all kind of fucked up on this. Yeah, one. yeah. I, mean, I picked Hart, Grubauer. Hart's the only one who had like Carter a good Hart. year. Hello, Carter Hart. I guess Grubauer was okay. I guess. Yeah, and then his backup came in and was freaking awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. Francois or Francais or however the hell you say it. Francoos, in my opinion. Yeah, Francoos. Francoos. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody knew that Elvis Merzlikens was going to do what he did. No one no one on earth. I mean, it's probably going to be Hellebuck, right? Who yeah. Was it? yeah, he was up there. Excuse me, it's Carter Hart. <laughs> oh, sorry, Steph. He won it Thank in my you. heart. 
The Vezina, or no, we're at the Norris now. Uh, Kelly had John Klingberg. Steph had Colton Pareko. Charlie, uh, Alex Petrangelo. And Bill, I think I'm coming through again here. Roman Yossi. Yeah, I mean, I actually, so I actually still think Petrangelo had the better year, but I do agree that Yossi has the better chance of winning. And then the guy who didn't get noted by us, who is very clearly in the running, is John Carlson in Washington. Yeah, Carlson, uh, yeah. That was a yeah, that was an oversight. I, or I guess he's just having a freaking phenomenal, like unmatchable year. Uh, where are we now? The Selkie. Everyone said Coots, and I said Crosby, just to be a pain in the ass. Uh, of course, that's my my choices are often narrative driven. Like I picked, I picked the <laughs> oh, Selkie. I for one am shocked. No, like I picked the Selkie because I thought smart people were gonna go. All right, well McDavid's the heart now. Crosby, though, he's actually still the best because he's the best two-way player, and I thought it was going to be like something like that. Uh, he's willing his team to win in a different way. Screw the numbers. We'll show you. Like, I thought it was going to be like that, and I thought the Norris was going to be the same, like with P.K. Subban gone and all the guys who've overshadowed Roman Yossi over the years. Finally, it was his turn. Like, so that's how I make a lot of my decisions on these. I mean, it's Sean Couturier, hands down. He's winning. He definitely Oops. would have won, and yeah. you know that because the universe was just like, no, we're not even going to fucking do awards this season because this was Wait, Sean Couturier. Did they Couturier's cancel years. them or did no. they just postpone them? Nothing is. No, they're going to. Nothing they're, they're, is they're happening. Gonna, they're going to do awards at some they're, point they're, eventually. The, I guess. Like the the because I've heard some people be like, well, they're not even going to do awards. No, they're going to do awards, and there's a very simple reason why they're going to do awards because the NHL gives out monetary awards to the players who win and there's no way the nhl pa is going to let the nhl not give them money fair there it is do they hold some of the award money in escrow as well <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> like they present you with a they present you with like i let's just call it twelve thousand dollars and it's like where's my other three it's like yeah uh we're holding on jeremy to that. jacobs just needs it yeah we're the uh Pagoulas just, just hold need on to build on the yacht gotta hold on to that money uh, Jack Adams, me and Steph both picked AV. Uh, he was making a real case for it in the second yeah. half. I agree. He's got a, he's got a shot. I agree. I think it still could be. Uh, Charlie had Brenda Moore first half of the season. Awesome case. Things have fallen off for them a little. Char- Charlie picked two people once again. Oh, he did. I somehow yep. picked no one for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I just start talking and... Uh... I would have said AV. Yeah. Tiebreaker here, though, we had first coach fired. Kelly picks Mike Babcock. And uh, everybody Char- told me I was crazy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> was he the first coach fired? I well, mean, I know he was fired, but was he, he first? He was the first coach fired this year. Okay. Steph had La Violette. Uh, I mean, he also got fired, he in did. fairness. He did. Charlie had uh, Paul Maurice, who got a contract extension. <laughs> well, that's just because, I mean, they, the thing is, the Jets were just as bad as I thought they were yeah. going to be. It's just Hellebuck stood on his absolute head yeah. and saved Maurice's ass. And I picked John Tortorella, who through the first, like, third or at least ha- or half of the season was the uh, front runner for Jack Adams. He still might win it. Yeah, he still very well might. All right, let's get to the uh, Stanley Cup final now, our picks. Kelly had uh, the Stars and the Leafs. Steph had the Leafs and Kings. Charlie no, had no, Leafs and or the Leafs and Knights. I'm sorry. Yeah, can, can you read, Knights. Bill? Uh, Charlie had the Knights in Tampa, and I had the Canes and the Stars. Crushed it, all of us. Wow. We, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I, I I think so. I think both mine and Bill's could happen. 
I don't see any way wow, the Leafs make the cup finals. I mean, obviously, like, the cup final might not actually happen, but, like, the Leafs are a dumpster fire. Sorry, they are. Yeah, I know. That's a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Leafs are just... Would have um, been safer to pick I've, the Flyers. I've made better choices. The Knights, however. Yeah, that's a good choice. The Knights is a good choice. And they... The glitters. They didn't have the greatest start, but they turned they it were on, rolling. man. They were rolling. I mean, if we... Yeah, I, I could, like... I'm biased. I think I think the night that Knights Tampa has the best chance of these, but I could see Kane stars. Like the stars are are in it in the West, and the Hurricanes are one of those teams where like if they get in, you could plausibly see them going on a run. Yeah, they're just hard to play against because they play that freaking shot volume style. They're just coming at you. Uh, but like uh, I think Vegas and Tampa have maybe the uh, yeah probably the two best rosters, right? I mean, well, Boston's good. Us, Boston. None of us listed Philadelphia, and they're clearly the cup favorites. Well, listen. Obviously. Now, if we were to, I if we were to revise, like, yeah, uh, shit, man. Flyers are way up there. Listen, I put $20 on the Flyers to win the cup, like, in September in Atlantic City, and I'm waiting for that to pay off. It's going to happen. I, I guess here's here's the probably the, the best question. If... If you're picking now, and let's assume that the playoffs happen sometime later in the summer and there is a cup final, what are you changing your pick to? Because I guess the reason why I feel confident that my pick was the best is because I'm not changing it. My pick is still Ooh. Vegas Tampa. I mean, obviously, I would not pick the Leafs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could, I could see leaving Dallas. I mean, that's like a reasonable guess. But yeah. the Leafs obviously would have to come down. So who would you pick in place of the Leafs? The Flyers? The Philadelphia Flyers of hockey. There we go. <laughs> I would also switch the Leafs out with the Flyers. Flyers Knights. Flyers Glitters. Steph, uh, your, your life would explode with happiness if that were to happen. I know. Like, I, I would catch the Rona after that and just die because that would <laughs> I mean, I had the stroke after the Flyers won the Super Bowl, or the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So, like, have one of my two teams win the Cup. Oh, like, no. I'm checking out. We're fine here. I am going to stick with Kane Stars because I really don't want the cup in, uh, in, in these circumstances. <laughs> I, yeah, fucking right. I'm still with I, – I know – Bill, you got a lot of shit for this, but I still don't want them to win. It, it, it has nothing to do with the asterisk or anything. It has everything to do with me. If you're telling me I can't go out and riot the night they win, I can't watch the whole run with all my friends, I can't do all the stuff I want to do that makes a playoff run and ultimately a championship fun, culminating with two million people lined up on Broad Street, uh, you know, nuts to butts, uh, I'm, I'm against it. Nuts to butts? That's sexist. I have no nuts. Bill, you have such a way with words. <laughs> nuts to butts. I've never heard that before, but I I mean, I agree. Like I don't want I don't want it to be like this. Like don't get me wrong, if they win the cup in front of a, an empty building and like Lou Nolan is the only one cheering and like we can't have a party, like I'm still going to be super pumped about it and I'll be happy, but I don't Our... want it to happen like I don't want it to happen like this because let's be real, the way things go for Philadelphia sports, this is going to be the only one we see. Yeah, that's the. While Charlie, I think, made the point that it doesn't like lower your chances of winning next year or anything. I know. It does for me. In my head, that means that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> We're only getting the one. Yeah. Guys, I, I cannot live in a timeline where two out of my three co hosts are saying, I don't want the cup this year. 
It's like it's com- it's a complicated people? thing. It's not like it, it's No, I get that it's complicated, but like listen to yourselves I for know. a second. I don't want the cup this year. I, Who I are just, you? I guess I what just, I'm saying is I also want it next year. Yeah, that's, that's the point. <laughs> I don't even think fireworks stores have been deemed essential. If you're telling me I can't set off mortars the night Claude Giroux gets to lift the Stanley Cup, what's it even mean? Yeah. Uh, everything we'll about now sucks. We'll have a party at my house. Everyone will be wearing masks and we'll be six feet apart. We'll set up chairs six feet away from each other around Steph's pool. And we'll have a party, and we have to stay in our respective chair areas, and one at a time, we can enjoy the swimming pool, and then get out, and then the next person can go in. I wonder if chlorine kills the Rona. I've it heard it does. Probably does. But I heard that from Bear, like, someone who Bear, of course, can hang out with smart. all of us, because he's immune, so he can be free at the party to do what he wants. Bubba Bear, who is going to be dive-bombing the pool. Oh, he's going to take his first, like, shotguns that game. Oh Oh my, oh my god. god. First bong like, hits. You know, so like <laughs> way a, 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 a really far aside, you know those extreme sports with dogs where you like throw the toy into the air oh, and yeah. the dog l- runs down a pier and launches itself into the water? Mm-hmm. That's going to be bare every time I open that back door into my pool. That's awesome. I'm extremely here for this kind of content. Like this dog tries to go swimming in his water bowls. He is going to completely lose his shit. What you need to do is set up like a ring doorbell on your back door so you catch it every single time. (laughs) (laughs) And like see how like and then see how he adjusts his form and all that stuff. I like this idea. Can we crowdfund a ring for Steph's back door so that we can get bear content? Can we please? Because this is going to be something to behold. All right, fam. Sorry. I uh, I think good. that's it. I think we about covered it there. Yeah, I think we did good. That is BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for hanging out. A very special thank you to Stephalicious D. Steph Driver, who has overcome, uh, you know, so many health complications to join us. <laughs> God. <laughs> from her hospital, from her <laughs> hospice room in her house. Oh, God. Uh, Don't joke about that because... Like when I was sick, I set up. I have. I've got, I'm calling it a bear bag. It's a bag in my garage full of toys and treats and food for him, just in case I actually did have the Rona and someone had to come and grab him. Well, we are all thankful that that was not the case and that you could join us this week. Hopefully, you are back again. Uh, for Kelly, for Steph, for Charlie. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah.